so let's move seamlessly now. Sorry to interrupt your ceremony. It's nothing personal. I just want to devour your god. This is like some gravity's rebel. M-O-L-M-M. What? Feels apocryphal, but I'll take it. No, that's true. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. I mean, that is made for undiscerning days. I'll just auto-tune that, put a little guitar solo at the end. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Six hours later. Y'all done got diggly pain. You done got diggly pain. Nope. No. No. Welcome to the year-end special, the holiday special, the Christmas special, the Kwanzaa. I keep saying special. I feel like I should have other words that start with that letter, right? We need alliteration. Specialty special. The specialty special, the Hanukkah hilarity. Oh, we're going for alliteration. That's what I was going for, but I ran out. Anyway, uh, welcome. It's been a year. We're going to get into some awards. Uh, But before that, my name is Ben Helms. If you're listening to this end of the year thing and you didn't know my name, go listen to another episode, I feel like. (laughs) It's probably not a good one to start on. It's just kind of a recap of all of our games. But with me, as always, Corey and Jason. How's it going today? Delightful. I don't know. Maybe it is a good one to start on. Maybe people need to hear. Maybe. You know, so when I pick a horror podcast to listen to, I always look for their episode on what lies beneath to figure out if they're right about horror movies or not. Wow. Um, (laughs) Just one test. The one test. And, uh, yeah, maybe listening to our year-end review, they can decide uh, whether we have shitty game opinions or not. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah, I know. Uh, That's like a reverse Bechdel test. I like it. Yeah, (laughs) sure. Um, Reverse? Yeah. The the old reverse Bechdel. These guys are just talking about dudes the whole time. (laughs) They passed. I think I confused passed. it with the something underneath podcast, uh, which oh, is yeah, a podcast. Oh, yeah, somewhere underneath. Somewhere underneath. That it? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. Mm-hmm. So I had something to celebrate yesterday. I was really excited yeah. about it. And uh, we went out for dinner. Um, and so I, I kind of looked ahead of time to see what I could do. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you what I did. We did. Uh, you don't know about uh, this spot, but there is a, a chain of Cajun um, restaurants. Oh, gosh, I'm forgetting the name of them now. But everything's got E-A-U-X after the title of everything. <laughs> sure. And uh, so so we went there uh, to their seafood restaurant. Papados. That's it. Papados. Okay. Uh, it's a chain throughout the South. Uh, but pretty, I'd say like upscale Red Lobster is the vibe. Okay. Um, you know, chain, but but going to be priced. You're going to be better food. Mm-hmm. And um, I found out I can eat all the lobster I want. <laughs> so I just got like a giant lobster tail. I got the Beautiful. Caesar salad, dropped the croutons, dropped the Parmesan. They're tasty, yeah, but I they're like the where all the calories are from. Yeah. You know, used about half the dressing, saved the other half to use on my salad tonight. And I got the uh, the cheese grits with andouille sausage as my side, which also was not super carb heavy and not as fat as fatty as I thought it would be. It was pretty low cal, although it was also the highest calorie thing on my plate right <laughs> because lobster and salad don't have much not a ton of are grits oats i don't know what grits are grains. But i like them isn't it corn okay. I, I, I don't know they put pieces of corn in the grits <laughs> yeah so see were, that's that's to indicate to you what none of us know what grits what are the, i'm pretty sure it's corn <laughs> okay, it's like just okay. having a, a leaf of wheat inside of your maybe the, the least right? confident person in <laughs> proclaiming ignorant things <laughs> and is the only one that knows what it is <laughs> corn makes sense. I'm pretty sure sense. it's this. Nobody knows. No one, no one can know. No one's quite sure. corn, typically from less sweet, starchy varieties. Right. Ben, ben no one's quite sure. Scientists <laughs> have been looking into the it ground. for years. Everyone's they don't know what it's made out of. Out. Uh, <sighs> if only someone could look it up or could know, but but they can't, unfortunately. Okay. 
I don't know how how long or how much I'm going to cut out from this intro, but we're currently 32 minutes in, and we Heck have yes. three pages of notes to get through, and we <laughs> haven't gone through one single line of my outline that I've written. Happy well, holidays. <laughs> this is supposed to be like our short episode that we no, like. Oh, we'll just do like 20 minutes. Then never short. Then I'll throw in the funny thing at the end, and we'll call it a year. It's never short. We always want to go. Let's that. go. With yeah. that, let's get into it. Um, I'm an I'm in an incredible amount of pain, but I'm happy to be with you. And my cat is lying on my hernia belt in just the right way that the pain has gone away. Oh, little bonus, little bonus. Yeah. And unfortunately, we're recording this at noon, so we can't really drink enough yet. Oops. <laughs> I know. Not, not drink, just not enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfect. Uh, All right. So, yeah, we're going to do some game awards. We had a bunch of them. We didn't add any this year or last year, so maybe we'll add some if we think of it this episode. We can throw one in at the end. But there's already a lot, you know, so we don't need to do that. Oh, and then stay tuned after the awards. We'll have our brilliantly edited, hilarious, funnies, and um, just really profound, poignant things that we had to say this year all put together with some fun, uh, probably Christmassy. You know what? It's going to be Hanukkah music this year. Hallmark channel on us trying to, you know, trying to include everybody in this. Everyone, the Christians and the Jews. It's going to be Hanukkah music by a gay person. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. I will do my best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it's already been edited. So here we go. Uh, let's start off with thanking a few guests. I've labeled who we need to thank. We'll do them in order then by the labels. Uh, first off, I'd like to thank Wendy Sierra for introducing me to the game Soma. I would also oh, like to condemn Wendy Sierra yeah. for introducing me to the game Soma, <laughs> yes. uh, which I will still have nightmares about for the rest of my life, but also literally one of my favorite games of all time. Thank you, Wendy. Yeah, more Amazing. on Soma later. Thanks a lot, Wendy. Jeez. <laughs> and a big giant thanks to Mr. John Latour, who joined me for a side quest that was really a regular old quest about Death's Door. I'm just just so happy to have someone who was willing to play through that with me. Started watching me play it on uh, on my YouTube channel and then oh, yeah. uh, was like, yeah, I'll jump in and was lovely enough to do that, even though he is not a public speaker uh, and is indeed a very shy man. And he did that anyway. So thank you Aww. so much, John, for doing that. Awesome. That was a great episode. And yeah, was- it was so much fun. It wasn't until I wrote this outline that I realized, why didn't we call that episode or why didn't you title the episode or introduce him as Death's Door with John Latour? Oh, that is good. It's just, I'm all alliterations and rhyming. That's how we podcast around here, <laughs> people, okay? That's how we think. It's what we do. Thank you again to Tyler Weaver uh, for coming on our uh, Echoes of the Eye podcast. That was really fun. We did that in person, right? Because I live in Portland now. Yeah. Yeah, two of the thirds of That's us at least. Thing. Tyler came Wait. over here. That was a great episode. What's up? Wait, was that okay. was that when I had my panic attack? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was so great. I don't remember how much that made the podcast. <laughs> I guarantee you, some of that'll be in the end of the episode. Funnies though, because I definitely <laughs> recorded that bit. When you hear me say, "I need to be gone now," uh, that <laughs> I need to be gone now. I need to be gone now. I love you. Um, yes, exactly. That's that's me during a, um, <laughs> a marijuana infused <laughs> panic attack. Uh, beautiful. My uh, edible just hit hard, so I'm gonna have to cut out. Um, I am sorry. I might be back later, but I have to be gone now. I love you. You got it, buddy. Do it, man. Yeah, phenomenal. <laughs> and then, of course, last but not least, thank you so much to David Botluck for being on the Witchwood Podcast, for being our podcast producer on Patreon. We love you, man, uh, and we'll definitely have you on again in the next few months for sure. Uh, and then, one quick holiday question before we get to the awards: What's one 
I, I said weird holiday tradition, but just unique holiday tradition that you think maybe your family, mm. you and your spouse, whatever it might be, maybe the family you grew up with does that kind of no one else really does, or it's kind of unique. It's not just like we open presents on Christmas morning <laughs> oh, or whatever. So but, silly. Yeah. What a quirky family. We open one on Christmas Eve. We're really wild. Oh, wait. Oh, that's <laughs> wild. Wild. <laughs> what? I thought we... We made that up. There goes your idea. <laughs> hey, what do you got? Uh, mine, is, uh, mine is football. Uh, bowl games. Um, so bowl games are an exciting thing. I think lots of people watch them. Um, I listen to multiple podcasts previewing them. I get really into them. And these are games, notoriously football games, that don't matter to anyone <laughs> yeah know, these are they're like not an exhibition type thing a lot of teams aren't even putting out their best players yeah total exhibition between teams that often do not play each other uh and then occasionally you get matchups like louisville cincinnati which was used to be a rivalry game they stopped playing it they randomly got put in a bowl game this year it was announced that it's a bowl game and then louisville's head coach left and went to the university of cincinnati oh well like just the drama the wildness <laughs> the this is stupid and silly He's coaching sure. neither team uh, is the answer. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's just wild. But the other part of bowl games is my father-in-law is a football coach. And so our entire December, our, our visiting family and everything, all revolves around, is he in a bowl game? What bowl game is it? Where is it? Do we want to go there? Mm. Uh, will we all travel there? Have Christmas there? Will we have it after? Will we have it before? All of those things, which means we don't get to make Christmas plans until typically the second Sunday of December. When bowls were announced, because Playing fast and yes, dear listener, if you ever wondered, do do all those teams know which bowl they're going to, and they're just you know waiting to announce it? Uh, no, no, they don't. Uh, the co- the coaches sometimes have a really good idea, but there was a great line in the family chat this year of, "Hey, don't tell anyone, but here are the bowls that we could potentially go to." And he listed two, and he goes, "Or or maybe this third, or or maybe this fourth, or maybe this fifth. And somebody said, uh, "Hey, hey, coach, that's um." That's all the potential bowls that your conference is aligned with. Those are all the ACC bowls. You just listed literally every bowl you could possibly go to as still being in the mix a day before they announce it. So thanks. I won't tell anyone. I'm keeping it a secret. (laughs) Really narrowed it down there. Amazing. Um, You got one, Corey? Well, (laughs) I guess almost the weirdest thing is our lack of traditions. Um, Because like years ago... Keo and I just kind of figured out that we were like, we don't really like going anywhere for Christmas um, or for Thanksgiving, just holidays in general. We prefer to just be at home and not deal with anything. Um, And so we literally just stopped going to visit anyone on Christmas. And we uh, now obviously my mom is with us, but we just kind of like do normal things at home you know, and uh, don't don't go and do stuff with family or anything like that. We just open presents, have have a big meal that's way too big, eat it again two hours later, um, and watch Christmas movies all day. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, yeah, the weirdest thing about us is that we just don't, we don't have any traditions. We just yeah. roll with it. Kind of nice. Yeah, I like it. It I, works out really well for me. It's like very low-key, which that's is all I want in the world. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I would say mine kind of, I think, switched or kind of is like the opposite of what most people do with like birthdays and probably Christmas too, which is like the older you get, the less kind of a big deal. Maybe you have your own kids or whatever. Your family gets bigger, you have in-laws and it's like, you can't really do your own tradition. And so mine's kind of flipped in the sense that like growing up, I think probably in our, in our whole like broken home situation, which sounds so much worse, that label than what it actually was. I don't know. <laughs> but our, 
a broken home that was destroyed um, by our parents' choices. Snapped right in half. Yeah. Um, we pulled ourselves out of and have successful and healthy lives somehow. Who knows how we did that? Anyway, gone from like really weird. Every year was different. We'd visit different family or some days we would have or some Christmases we'd have like only enough for like one president or whatever. And like it was just right. different. Not a lot of traditions growing up. And then marrying Hannah 10 years ago, it was very much her family is like a Hallmark card <laughs> in a lot of ways. And it's just like as traditional as you can be when it comes to Christmas celebrations. Everyone gets together in one room on Christmas morning and like the parents put out all the stockings and they get like line up all the presents for everyone in their own oh, little wow. piles. And then I guess the unique thing is like they play music. And once the music's on, that means everyone can come out of the bedroom and like sit in their spot and open up the stockings and open up their, pre and we all take turns. <laughs> That's smart. Cause yeah, when I was a kid, it was always like, when, when, <laughs> I know. Yeah, they have a system. I think having four kids, they worked out of that system years and years ago. Now they have like... There were five of us and foster siblings. No one ever worked okay, out fair. shit. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's like just more organized as humans. Catholicism? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm like everyone takes turn going around the circle to like open up presents, which I just love the I idea. I think that. because I like craved it growing up yeah. and we didn't have that. It's just really refreshing to be a part of a family that like values tradition and like demands tradition coming from a family that was like i don't know what do you want this year okay go buy that or whatever like you can have that thing or whatever it's fine yeah jay my in-laws do that with uh, such a sense of formality that once my brother-in-law got my father-in-law a gift and you know it's it's you know, go around the circle and like oh yeah. thank you so much and yeah. my father-in-law stood up and my brother-in-law walked over and, and my father-in-law stuck out his hand and shook his hand his son's hand no. and said thank you so much for this gift no and there was silence and and he sat back down like this was normal. And I just I just stopped and said, what was that? And then the whole family lost it. Someone needed wow. to call it out. But it was, this it was like, like their family was going to be like, yeah, this is normal. This is a thing we do. We shake hands. If we're just playing along. This is a thing that. Amazing. That Amazing. was how my stepdad's family did it. And we'd have to like go out and visit them. And it was like always the worst because it felt like really formal like that where it was like i don't know these people well enough to like like just like let yeah. go or whatever it's like just let me tear open my presence in a corner and be like oh thanks so and so i don't want to have to sit here while everyone watches me open something that i probably don't want anyway right. <laughs> and then be like thanks no Good and times. <laughs> i think they do a good job avoiding that where like they in some part it's just like every family is different but i think living in shasta with them for eight or nine years so I know yeah. my in-laws really, really right. well. Yeah, Their family's just close. really close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and every year, like it's mom will be like, what do you want? And I'll be like, I don't know. And she'll like write us a check. Right. That's kind of like mom's go-to. <laughs> so she doesn't know us well. Like she doesn't live with us well. And like, I don't know. We're adults also. So if we want something, I'll probably buy yeah. it for myself. This is um, the problem I run into with my husband every year, because if he wants something, he simply buys it. I will buy yeah. it with the money that we share. Yeah. So, similarly, my in-laws uh, a couple of years ago got me um, like bath salts. Cause I, I like to take baths and they know that about me. It's and so I was like, cute. Oh, that's, that's kind. Uh, yes. right? But yeah. it's like $5 thing at Walmart. Yeah. Right. right. It's, it's nothing super you don't special. Need crazy shit. Yeah. Like After all the presents were open. It's kind of nice. They give me an envelope and they're like, Hey, we didn't get you much this year. And you know, this feels like crummy to give you this. Cause we got it from a bowl game. They just gave us this swag, but I thought you might be able to use it. It's some Microsoft gift cards, I guess. I have no idea how much is in there. It was hundreds of dollars. Oh, I bought awesome. Game Pass oh, for three years with it. Oh, beautiful. It just ran out in August. <laughs> okay, let's get into the awards, okay? Let's do it. Woo! Uh, real quick, as you know, 
when we're going through the games, the games we played this year, just to recap, Hades, Outer Wilds, Echo the Eye, with Tyler Weaver, Hollow Knight, Witchwood, with David Butler. Uh, then we did a couple like amalgamation episodes of just like random. We went through an identity crisis for. Yeah, we talked about random games we were playing. <laughs> Cult of the Lamb, Inscription, Return of Monkey Island, Death Store, Elden Ring, Soma. Boom. All right. I love that during one of these, we talked about one, two, three, four, five, six different games. Um, yeah. So it's like to save us time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll do yeah. six games instead of one. But it was fun. It was great. Insane. We'll get to that during the awards. We did no research. Maybe that's like a, you know, every time Ben burns out, we just do something like that. Thank you. Ben. Keep him on his toes. <laughs> Substitute teachers not paying attention. Go. Uh, also, I've highlighted each of the award titles uh, by color. Uh, blue is for Ben. Jade is for Jason. And oh. Coral is for Corey. Okay. Don't forget oh. your color. I will start off the awards. And I will paste Corey's titles into the chat as they come so that she will know that they're coming. She's got it. Trusting Corey. You start out so optimistic every time we do this. Like, certainly, Corey can't forget which one is going to be her. (laughs) We'll all keep to this. The LA Gear Lights Award for the most nostalgic game of the year. I think there's an obvious choice here, but I think I'm going to zag a little bit and go with Echoes of the Eye because when we played Outer Wilds a couple years ago, immediately it was one of my top five games of all time. And so the fact that there was this DLC that was, I don't know if it was, it probably wasn't just as big as the original, but it was a significant game in itself that you and I and Tyler played. It was just um, the lore and the story built within it was just amazing. So well done and super fun to play and really fun to share with other people. It felt like I think that nostalgic part is not just like, this was nostalgic to two years ago when we played Outer Wilds, but nostalgic <laughs> to like our childhoods when it was like, you had to go to someone who was also playing the game to be like, what did you do here? What was your process? How did you get from A to B to C? Did you go from A to E? Like, and then and talk puzzle strategy like that, which was always really fun with with uh, all these games, but Outer Wilds specifically. Very nice. Corey, what about you? I'm going to go with the obvious pick. It was Love Return it. to Monkey Island. <laughs> it, of course, uh, was built for nostalgia. That's the entire purpose yeah. of this game and brings me back to exactly why I am here sitting, talking to you fellas 20 years later yeah you know? <laughs> um so yeah obviously the monkey love it we're all so old we're um, so old <laughs> my mine was uh the play date itself uh, oh yeah the, the game's on it but also just the the feeling of having the play date and being transferred back um it wasn't it's not the game i remember but it's the games that felt most like what i remember gaming to feel like, like. feeling like yeah yeah totally and the feeling of like opening presents, right? And opening and getting these new games and the excitement I used to have about getting new games. It was able to give me that. Yeah, totally. The weirdness of the games. And my favorite games for the play date were Bloom, uh, which is interestingly enough, not like a um, first party uh, play date game. It's uh, made by a third party and you had to go download it separately. Uh, ben, have you played Bloom yet? Yeah, I think I played it when you told me about it like six months. Okay, good. Let's go. Tell me about it again. Amazing. Oh, the Flower Store. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I started it. It's like a, a Stardew Valley kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, great little story, really small. Um, and then Demon Quest 85, where you uh, summon demons with your friends at a slumber party. Oh, my um, God. That's my favorite of the first party. It's just, yes. it was really great. The Spit Take Award for the funniest moment of the year, IRL or in-game. And my award goes to every death in Elden Ring. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I divided them into two kinds of deaths, actually. Um, 
there's the ones that are funny when they happen and the ones that are funny later. And the ones that are funny when they happen, Ben got to witness a lot of those. Or actually, it was often Ben's death when we were co-oping. Because uh, I was a little... Or yours. I was, well, no, no, but they weren't as funny to me when it was my death. It's oh, hilarious okay. when it's your death. Yeah, okay. stick um, to the categories, Ben. My bad, my yeah, bad. When I'm, when I'm co-oping and, and, and you call me in, and for a little while, I was ahead of you. And I was bringing you along, oh, yeah. like yeah, yeah. taking you on these tours of these places you hadn't been yet. And uh, you would call me in. We'd t- spend you know, 20 minutes setting this up. We'd get to this big boss. And then you would die instantly. Uh, yeah. Like, just walk in and die. I literally was just telling Keo about this yesterday because uh, Mark was talking about how he didn't want to, like, you know, uh, stream something because he was at a hard part and he was going to die. And I was like, oh, people love watching this. Like, it's the best. And I said to Keo, I was like, yeah, because, like, one day I spent, like, 90 minutes watching Ben and Jason yeah. play Elden Ring and literally they'd stand there and they'd set something up and they'd set something up and then immediately get killed as soon as they ran out to fight oh, this thing. It was hilarious. That was against like Margaret or something. Like that was a really bad boss, wasn't that? <laughs> I assume so. You were having a yeah. hard time. Yeah, it was It was early on. I can't remember who it was, but yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> that was tough. And it would just be like, Ben's screen would go to you died and you would just hear me on the recording just cackling <laughs> because it was so funny it happened so quickly no usually jason would be like i almost got him i almost got him ben shoot him shoot him ben shoot oh <laughs> oh i wouldn't realize the other person was dead <laughs> oh it was just great yelling at a corpse yep. um <laughs> just yelling at a corpse uh but then there's the other kind where you where it's not funny right away it's funny later so this one there's the fire giant which is generally a um, oh, kind of God. a gatekeepy boss right you can get through the earlier ones you've had some tough times but now you really feel like you're dominating and then you come across this guy who's literally, what, 12 stories tall? Yeah. <laughs> and just like when he one of his moves is to like roll. And when he does that, he just demolishes everything. And there's just an open field that you're fighting him in. There's nothing to hide behind or climb up or anything. Literally half the thing you spend just sprinting across yeah. this open field trying to get to him. And then if you die right away, it's like five, ten minutes wasted every time. Mm. So I finally get past him. And the way that Elden Ring works is you have to uh, rest at a site of grace and use the runes you got from killing something to level up. And if you don't uh, use them, you may lose them, right? So then your next death, your runes will sit there waiting for you to get them. But if you die on the way to retrieving them, so die two times in a row, you will lose them forever. And the fire giant, of course, since he's this big boss, he's like 300,000 runes, something stupid. You know, it's going to it got me, I think, four levels at that point in the game. Yeah. So I. I kill him. I'm elated. I'm so excited. There's a side of grace right there. I activate the side of grace. Don't bother resting. Don't bother leveling up immediately. I want to see what's next. And there's this cool chain leading up no, yeah. to an 800 foot tall cauldron. And I'm like, what is going on in there? And I get on my horse and I start jumping up the chain, jumping, jumping. I'm really good at this horse. And I just miss the chain completely and fall 800 Aww. feet to my death. <laughs> and instantly I just go. That's 300 runes. Oh, they're, they're just God. sitting up there. Oh, yeah. And you can get them. Right, right, right. You can get them. In the middle of the chain. They're sitting right up there on a chain that I'm now walking. That you just died on. As carefully. Right. As slowly. <laughs> I, like, if I could make my character crawl, I would have uh, to get up to these things. And I finally get them. And I'm like, oh, oh. I didn't even yeah, bother going up to see what was going on inside. I just turned around immediately and walked right back down yeah. to the side of Grace. And leveled up. The best and part is the end okay. of the chain is the side of grace. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, my spit take award goes to when we were playing Inscription and I earned my OP-ness. And I just gave this long spiel 
about <laughs> how overpowered I was. And I ended it with, and I finally earned my O penis. And as soon as I said that, as soon as it came out of my mouth, <laughs> I regretted it. <laughs> I regret Good nothing times. about that. Can I just say my family yeah. keeps on wearing my hoodie, you know, because I leave mm-hmm. it sitting in the living room and mm-hmm. I just other people wear it. Yeah. You know, just because they're cold. So they just put on my hoodie. Uh, oh, that seems like a violation. <laughs> and I just found um, weed in my in the pocket. Oh, nice. Yeah. Girl Scout well, cookie. Hoodie rental payment there. Yeah, there we go. It's mine Girl now. Girl Scout cookie? Yeah, Girl Scout cookie yeah. flavor. Yeah. Nice. So there you go. I put as my funniest moment of the year, the thing that immediately came to mind was playing Witchwood. And I had just sort of started. And Witchwood is like such a quaint and cute little game, you know. Uh, it seems like it's like a very family-friendly game, all that. And it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, but... The moment I realized like what kind of game it really was, was the first time that like it was like, okay, so you want like to lay a trap uh, to catch squirrels. And I put the the trap down and the squirrel walked across and just like exploded into just bloody chunks of meat. Yeah, literally, I think I, I took like a. A recording of that moment because you can hear me go like, oh, (laughs) watching completely off, caught me off guard and caused me to startle laugh. I was like, okay, so there's a little there's a darkness to which we besides just the the silliness and cuteness of this game. It is. I remember when the kids watched me kill the squirrels in that game. And in Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West, they'll watch me like hunt for like boar and deer and stuff. And they're like, please don't kill that one. Don't kill that one. Don't kill that one. And then like sometimes you have to, to like do a quest I'm to like so get sorry. the meat or the bones. I'm like, it's for sustenance and for hunting. And it's okay. It's how Aloy stays alive. And I'm like, oh, this is just, at least it's not, I'm not, they haven't watched like Red Dead Redemption where like you see like Arthur like, just like carving the animal open and ripping oh, their hide God. off their bits, all the sounds and everything. So they, I haven't done that to them yet. Yeah, maybe wait a few years on that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Presenting next, the L'Esprit de l'Escalier Award for the biggest regret Beautiful. of the year in game choice, gaming, or podcasting. And for me, that regret is that if you recall... I did get back into Animal Crossing. I was like, oh, this is such oh, a yeah. delight. I was having like like last Christmas when they started doing, you know, the Christmas stuff there. And then like the the 4th of July when they had like cool little Independence Day things and everything. I was like, oh, this is so fun. Everyone should start playing Animal Crossing again because it's so cute. And they added all these like tasks you could do. So it wasn't like you were just bored doing the same things over and over again. And then I got a PlayStation 5. And I completely stopped playing my Switch. And, you know, aside from playing Return to Monkey Island. And when I started playing Return to Monkey Island again, I was like, oh, there's a lot of fun stuff on on my Switch. And my sister was visiting last week and she wanted to play Hades. Um, She's never played it before. So she borrowed my Switch. And I was like, then as I'm like, it's fine. She's got the Switch in the other room. She's playing it. And then I was like, oh, now I'm getting like, like jealous that she's got my switch i want to play with it so my regret is not playing enough switch this year and just neglecting it for my new shiny toy yeah have you done the um remote play with your ps5 yet what what is this so jason i think for my birthday got me a backbone which is not right here where is it i think it's next to my bed 
Um, but it just looks it looks like the Switch controllers, basically. Yeah, it's like looks like a yeah. They're kind of expensive though, right? Hundred bucks. Oh, that's not that bad. For whatever reason, I thought that they were like extremely pricey. So I was like, ah, too rich for my blood. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not super cheap, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I think it's I think it's perfectly priced for something that's like a you know you it's it's worth it for what you get. You get remote play out of any Xbox game. You don't even need need to own an Xbox. Right. Um, you just pay like five bucks a month for an Xbox Cloud account, and you mm-hmm. can play thousands of games there. Um, or if you have a PS5, then you can connect a remote play to that. And as long as your PS5 is in rest mode or online, then you can just, it'll wake it up and you can just play there. But I played a bunch of inscription that way. Uh, most of inscription, I just played on my phone, like for an hour yeah, before bed or whatever. Right. Yeah. I forgot about but, that. I don't know. I don't know if I need to know that that's a thing that I can do. I should just probably play my switch. <laughs> that's true. And you also, you don't need the backbone to do remote play. There's a lot of games that as long as like for a first person shooter or something, if you're like having to press a bunch of buttons, it might be really quickly. Not going to be great for that without the backbone. You know, um, I don't like first person shooters. Anymore. I know, I know. But yeah, I think most of the games you play like, like Animal Crossing, are like slower clicking things like we specialize in and on this podcast. And it's great for even just like using the phone controller. It'd be, it'd be great for it. Mm, okay. Good yeah, plan. check that out. Yeah. Well, Jason. Uh, my, uh, biggest regret was playing Soma, my new favorite game. Um, I loved it. I hated it. I will never, ever play any of those other games made by that team. The experience was awful and it's absolutely one of my favorite games. Wow. (laughs) We'll definitely play more of their games. Yeah. No, it's, well, you didn't even finish Soma. It was too scary. I know, but all we did in the podcast was talk about all the games that they've done and how much we not well yeah how much we really enjoy talking about the ideas behind their games and the yes. concepts behind it so i think we'll definitely play what they do in the future uh, uh, i'm so scared yeah um <laughs> and then my other regrets are the the games i didn't play uh not finishing norco right just started oh yeah only got about a half hour into it definitely one to come back to in this year not playing disco elysium uh not forcing <laughs> you to to play a jrpg uh these are the big ones oh, yeah. for me are the games i didn't force you to play Okay. And I would say my least Brie de Scalier award for the biggest regret goes to the concept of letting you two convince me to not have a game of the month style podcast anymore. Yes, Corey, you're lumped in with this. You let it happen as well. (laughs) Uh, And my brain slowly melting away due due to the lack of routine and organization in that and not being able to hyper focus and obsess about one game for 30 straight days until I just ignored you both and started doing a game of the month anyway for the last three months and everything just kind of like fell into place. This is historical revisionism, listener. You were all there. Uh, (laughs) This podcast award was published by the Louisiana press in 1972. (laughs) Uh, I would say that regret or just the idea of disco stew. And uh, is it Texas? What's the Texas company that makes all the history books or the science books that has all, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I got you now. McGraw-Hill, anyway. is that the... Uh, oh, might be. <laughs> uh, Our next award is the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 Land Manuel Award. Dang mm. it. Land Manuel Miranda Award for the coolest <laughs> in-game mechanic of the year. And mine goes to just everything in Inscription. Like I said on the yeah. podcast, I feel like everything in that game was balanced so well that if anything was off, like we've all played... Like uh, when I was obsessed with Gwent a couple years ago, I'd play that every, well, like every two to three weeks that have an update, a patch. It'd be like, oh, this boss is too overpowered. This boss is, you know, this pawn needs to have a couple more skills or whatever. They were constantly like nerfing all these like ways that I had to be like, oh, this is the way to beat the game. And it was frustrating to play that because it was always changing. Mm. And Inscription, I'm sure they have patches too, right? We played it a few months after it came out, but still 
the game just seems pretty dang perfect as far as like that's the game they wanted to make. All the really fun parts are really, really fun, highly addictive. Just too many things to even mention in that game. Yeah. Corey, what about you? Um, my, uh, favorite or coolest game mechanic really is just everything that's happening in Return to Monkey Island because of oh, the yeah. completely stepping up the point and click. I think I was just so impressed by that to take something that is a familiar game mechanic, something that feels like it's been more or less unchanged aside from a few small things like we talked about, like Thimbleweed Park kind of upping the game a little bit and stuff like that. But to just retool something that we know so well and then just make it work so much better to create an even more fun game than the other ones were, I got to give it to Monkey Island. Sure. (laughs) And mine was Echoes of the Eye. Uh, Not a particular mechanic, but just the most diegetic mechanics, if that's a thing. Go on. Well, Ben's mechanics are so uh, either extra or or hypo-diegetic. They're moving, changing layers of the game. Mm -hmm. Whereas the, the character in... Echoes of the Eye that I'm playing as the player character is doing the same thing that I am doing. Right. Oh, the, okay. They are. You, yeah. It's a game within a game, and yeah. we talked a little bit about how Echoes in the Eye, in particular, is doing some commentary on video games with the ways that I mean, literally one of the devices is pretty much just ray tracing as a puzzle element, which yeah. is oh, God, so really good. cool. Uh, <laughs> or ray casting. I can't recall which. I can never uh, ray casting. Ray casting. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so uh, Echoes of the Eye. God, that game was good. Uh, Okay, next award, the Rebel Assault 2 award for the most frustrating (laughs) moment of the year. Sorry, Rebel Assault 2. Uh, It's just going to keep going forever. Forever, as it deserves to. (laughs) For mine, it was Hollow Knight. Uh, I didn't specify a moment. There are so many wonderful things about Hollow Knight. I love uh, the world. I love the animation. Um, yeah, I, there's a lot to learn the about the combat of and the Hollow movement. Knight. Yeah, right. could have been a side quest all to itself. Yeah, the lore is just so cool, and I didn't finish it, and I have no bad feelings about that. Right. And that was yeah. also yes. for the second the, time I did not finish Hollow Knight. Yeah that, yeah, that was also an opening to me to be like, I don't have to finish these games sometimes. Yeah, and that's, that's what okay. ended our podcast for like three <laughs> <Yeah>. months. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't have to play games on this podcast anymore. We don't. <laughs> What is finishing games anyway? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, so uh, next up, Ben? Oh, okay. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Um, I totally disagree with you, Jason. I think the um, the Rebel Assault 2 award for the most frustrating moment of the year is Hollow Knight Oops. and oh. everything in Hollow Knight. Uh-huh. <laughs> good point. Specifically the benches. I think after playing Elden Ring, we talked about it on our Elden Ring side quest, but that's probably the biggest difference in frustration. I think... The bosses are really hard. The whole Souls-like thing is really hard in both those games, Hollow Knight and Elden Ring. But the fact that there's so many more sites of grace, the like mm-hmm. spawn points in Elden Ring compared to Hollow Knight, where it's like I'd be beating the boss and then I would die and be like, oh okay, I'm I'm slowly getting better. I go back to the bench and it'd, it'd take me half my life and five minutes just to get back to the boss again. And then it's mm-hmm. yeah, that was just constantly frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I uh, was playing Bloodborne after finishing Elden oh, yeah. Ring. And um, my eldest daughter is watching me play. And at one point she goes, after I died for like the fifth time, sure. she just says, Dad, I don't trust Bloodborne as much <laughs> as I trust Elden Ring. Right. And, you mentioned this, yeah. and I love that. And I would say of the two, I, I trust Bloodborne more than I trust Hollow Knight. Um, like, Ooh, yeah. Bloodborne is really trying to hurt you in ways that Hollow Knight isn't. Uh, but Bloodborne still, yeah, Bloodborne is like pulling the chair out from under you and there's a pillow underneath. <laughs> uh, right, right, Hollow Knight right. is like sometimes the chair breaks 
Right. Uh, oh, you're next to a window. Sorry. This goes, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. and, you know, small team and all that. And I bet Hollow Knight 2 will solve a lot of those things. Oh, but, yeah. Man, was it tough. Yeah. That's uh, for me. Yeah. Um, Hollow Knight also made my <laughs> All three uh, of most frustrating <laughs> moment. I said in general inscription that everything about playing inscription was very hard yeah. and frustrating for me. But yeah, it's it's got to be those benches in Hollow Knight and them just being way too far away for how hard some of those bosses are, the little mini bosses and things. Just when you've spent like you're just it comes to a point where you are just trying to figure out if there's some form of shortcut you can take or something like and that becomes your focus as opposed to like playing the game because you're just like, I just I just fucking want to get back. I just yeah. don't want there has to be some way. It's not going to take me 15 minutes to walk over to this thing that's going to kill me in three seconds. Yeah. That drove me absolutely crazy. Like Jason said, lot to love about Hollow Knight. Don't regret it. But yeah, that was that was what noped me out of the game eventually was just being like, I can't do this. <laughs> something I, I just finished uh, Horizon Forbidden West yesterday. And I think something that I, I realized in playing that game, but I guess I'm realizing it right now, something I appreciated about that game was how whatever the opposite of lonely is, is that game yeah. and yeah. how lonely I felt in Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. And you kind of feel it in Elden Ring because you're by yourself, especially those first 10 hours where you're like figuring out friend or foe kind of stuff. But at least in Elden Ring, you have a home base. And mm. in Horizon Forbidden West, you literally have a place called The Base that you can like go to. And like as you get friends, and you have your friends from the first game that are still there. And like it's you have a lot of dialogue in that game, a lot mm. of cutscenes that are uh, very annoying. But at the same time, like give you story and give you comfort and give you companionship that does not exist at all in Hollow Knight. Or maybe like 1% of in like a couple cutscenes. But yeah, it's very lonely. Did you just say you you finished Forbidden West? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, side quest? We talking sure, about this? Let's do it. Like, yeah, well, let's, let's do, do a, a, a quick half hour one sometime because I just want to hear your thoughts on Forbidden West. That was a fun yeah, game. I liked it. Let's do it. Yeah, me too. It was really really fun. I'm still finishing a couple side quests in there, but I finished the game I think yesterday. Nice. Yeah. All right. The Revan Ravon. What is this? Revan. Oh, you were right. Revan. Okay. I like Ravon. Do Ravon. <laughs> like little Ravon. You want a note not to give this one to Corey because we do this every year. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> like I don't know what it is. And she didn't play the game that it's from. What? Okay. But she still has to say it every year, I guess. Evan. Revan Award for the best in-game moment of the year. Nailed it. And I gave this to the first time beating any boss in Hades. I mean, ugh. Yep. I was just thinking because my sister started playing it and I was thinking about it again. Um, thinking about just like she. So I think she had just like started dying against Meg. You know, your oh, first man. person that you're, you're so your first hard. big bad that you get yeah. to after you've already, you know, kind of leveled up enough that you can get that far into the game. And so she just got into Meg and was like, oh, yeah, she keeps killing me. And I remembered like, you know, just tweeting through it, just being like, oh, Meg, I'm never going to get past this. And then like I tweeted like the video at the point that I finally 
you know, did it, finally got through. And a lot of people were playing around the same time. And yeah. so, you know, it was a lot of celebration amongst people just like, yeah, like, I love, I love that feeling or God, I can't wait to get that feeling and and all of that. And it was like, because obviously you're facing like steadily increasing uh, bosses, you know, you get to Theseus and the Minotaur and all that kind of stuff. Every time you're like, I will never beat this. And yes. then after a while, it's like you're beating Hades over and over and over again. Like it's nothing. <laughs> That first time is always incredible. Oh, for sure. Oh, God, it felt so good. <laughs> what about you, Jason? <laughs> uh, mine was uh, the Outer Wilds DLC, um, Echoes of the Eye, figuring out a specific mechanic. So I think I'm just going to spoil it here, if that's okay with everyone. Fast forward a, a little bit till I stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's the, the ray casting thing that we figured out. So you've got this lantern. And the lantern allows you to see in the dark a little bit. And um, at some point, using a variety of clues, you figure out this lantern has a certain range, not just at which it casts light, but at which it casts reality. And so mm -hmm. because you're in a simulation. And so if you put the lantern down and walk away into the darkness and it's perfectly measured, so like it'll be just a little bit too scary to do, then suddenly you see a wireframe of the entire world and it's glowing green and it's matrix and you can see how everything works. The first time doing that is such an amazing feeling mm -hmm. because it's a, an incredible shift in power. You have been in this place where there is darkness and everything is trying to kill you and I've died 40 times and I'm frustrated. And finally it's that hit to bricks meme, right? Not having fun. <laughs> right. Yeah. Put, yeah. Down, put down the lantern, walk away, walk away, just do it. Just try it. And I did, and suddenly everything was great. <laughs> That's magical. God, that was so amazing. What about you, oh, Ben? So good. Uh, yeah, Ben, go for it. Uh, same thing, uh, the idea of the just echoes of the eye. Um, and being in that universe again, I, I forgot how much I loved it. And there were a couple of things that were like world-turning. That was probably the biggest one that Jason mentioned, but I think that just the idea of getting to that part of the game was something that was that doesn't exist in the planet that you're on or whatever it was like uh, a, literally a whole new world there um but yeah there are a few revelations there that were just like aha revan type moments that were really cool and fun to share with you and tyler at the same time uh and then the second one like I, yeah i'm just stealing from both of you was beating hades that first <laughs> time i remember texting you both it was probably like 2 a.m and it's like freaking out and spoiler <laughs> for hades fast forward 30 seconds or whatever but the fact that I think Jason's response was like, cool, do it nine more times now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, All right, I'm going to bed. I think I didn't play for like two days. I was like, I can't yeah. even conceive of doing that again ever because this has right. been my last two weeks or whatever. And let, but, oh, God, I love it. Let's all pause real quick on Hades um, because I, I want to, this is, I'm, I'm going to have my I told you so moment real quick with Hades. This was a game I loved. I was so excited to get you two to play and you were both somewhat skeptical of. And uh -huh. it sure. became... Yep. Both of your like not just like a favorite game, but opened things up for you. Other mm -hmm. types of games you wanted to play, right? Yeah. Really changed kind of the approach. Corey, I think like you entering it were like, okay, this is just not a game that I'm going to be interested in. Yeah. Too fast paced, too clicking. I was worried. Yeah, like, the fast paced fighting aspect of it. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it, it's like without that, would you have played Death Store? Right. right. Well, and I think like part of it was, you know, playing going under as well and realizing yeah. I do like the like, um, you know, roguelike, roguelite, all of those kinds of things. I, I like a yeah. a dungeon crawler, things like that. And yeah, it was like yeah. once, you know, I had like a taste there and then Hades was like, whoa, yes. <laughs> like, yeah, it expands oh. everything. Yep. 
Um, what was the dungeon crawler? Did you just mention that when we played, um, the, what was the, the going under, was that this year? Last no, that year, was last, last year. year. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at the list now. It's like, for some reason that seems like we played that after Hades, but yeah. I'm, <laughs> no, I did just chart. download yeah. it again though. So I have been playing a little bit of that. Now that cracked so. the door. And then it threw it wide open with Hades. I was like, oh, this is the kind of game that I like. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> I love it. And, and then, Ben, you've played Hades further than I have. And I think one of the things that was cool about that is you loved the action part, right? You got really into that. But you also got a lot more into the story than I did. And I enjoyed the story. But you were like continuing to follow threads that i had dropped um yeah, and you have crazy yeah i think you had this experience about that game and you had the experience about elden ring which was not a game i pushed you to buy but one that i think at some point i said hey if you're going to play it you might want to do it now while everyone's talking yes about it. that's right that's it's kind of a, a, a special yeah, thing i remember that uh, this yeah. is not a game to come and it was after i beat bloodborne and just experiencing the world of bloodborne where there were no messages right there was like every once in a while you'd see a message from another player yeah and I was like, right, right. You, I think he needs to play Elden Ring now if he's going to play it yeah. and just find out if he likes it. And yeah, that, that was, you know, a, a love affair uh, as soon as you got into it. You know, it was. Yeah. yeah absolutely. All right. Our next award is the David Fox Award for the best IRL moment of the year. And mine has got to be just my girls, my three girls getting older and wanting to play games pretty much every day. And not just like the iPad Barbie game or, or like the, Coco Melon game or, or the PBS kids get whatever, like random, like let's color this in, but like actual, like triple a, like I give the controller to Olivia and she'll ride around horizon forbidden West for like 15 minutes, just like looking at animals, sometimes hunting, sometimes riding animals. And like, just like enjoying the games that I'm also enjoying really fun mm-hmm. to just share that with them. Um, it's going to get more annoying as we only have one TV, but like <laughs> yeah. I said, we got the remote play. We got the backbone. We got the switch. We got options. Yeah. Just excited to see them getting older and playing, playing games that I like. Uh, and then also I'd have to say my 250 mile bike ride, the yeah. San Francisco marathon that I ran the warriors winning the NBA championship and then <laughs> scheduling regular date nights with Hannah for the yeah. first time in our 12 years of being together. Nice. Um, all very, very good things in a year that was a lot better than the past few years, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Also, I, then, I think every year I misunderstand this prompt and think we mean in the podcast and not like IRL. Well, IRL. I think it could be both. <laughs> but then I'm always like trying to think, I'm like, gosh, which things were this year that I liked in the podcast and all that kind of stuff. IRL, this is an easier question to answer, I think. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, like you said, it, it's been a, a better year in many ways than the last few have been. Um, and, you know, so I have like several things like I, I mentioned on uh, Joag that um, amongst the things that's just been great this year is that like. I now can actively say that I am a writer. Um, and I feel like, you know, before, like I was teaching for work and things like that, you know, and and at this point, like my actual job is writing. And so, yeah, that's like that's like a lifelong goal. I've always yeah. wanted to, you know, pictured myself as a writer. And so actually like kind of achieving that is like a huge thing for me. It's not in the place I thought it was. You know, I always thought that I would like write fiction or things like that. But then I've realized like, no, what I really like is like research and, you know, yeah. doing stuff like that and writing things uh, for media purposes and whatnot. So it's very cool to finally be like, oh, when someone asks me what I do for a living, I'm a writer. <laughs> like, that's cool. That's pretty neat. Um, that's pretty sweet. So yeah, that and like 
just I've gotten to go out to uh, the UK a couple times this year um, and just hang out with Mark, which is always amazing. And uh, just make like a bunch of friends out there who I absolutely love um, and sort of like just build little relationships out there in the UK that have been like super, super special and important to me. So, yeah, it's been like just a year of like being kind of career wise at the roots of a thing that I want to do and sort of uh, traveling and enjoying that and getting to just meet people and relate to people that I hadn't gotten to before. That's been really nice. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Jay, what do you got? My big one is my my daughters and my wife all being at the same school and it's yeah. less than a mile from our house. Uh, and it's beautiful. just it's Much so cool to be able to drop all of them off in the morning. And then yep. go to work. And like the schedule of that has just been like really, really nice and felt like after the last few years of this yeah, chaos. between home and work, <laughs> right? There's so much chaos in so many places. But the one I felt it the most is I love being at home. I don't. And I actually love working from home. Mm-hmm. I don't love the constant. Am I at work right now when I'm home? Right. And, you know, so right. so blocking that off. Right. Uh, and I can work from home and enjoy it as long as I'm like, all right, 5 p.m. clocking out. Right. But uh, yeah, having going into the office and just sitting and working in my office all day on days that I don't teach, like it's been good to have that and to have the girls all in their own place together. Um, And then ditto what Ben said about the daughters getting into video games. Um, One thought I had about having only one TV, because that's also a frustration for us, or rather I'd say a a point of conflict, but I think it's a really good conflict because it encourages us to be with each other and to engage in that media together. And it's rare that we're like, okay, girls, you play um, your video game, then I'll wander off, right? (laughs) I'm just going to hang out with you and I'll play a video game on my Switch or I'll play on my Steam Deck or something like that while you play this. Or I'll just watch you and, you know, watch the same media that you're watching. To be clear, you both only have one television in your whole homes. Well, I have a second one above the elliptical, but that doesn't really count. (laughs) Oh, the elliptical. That's right. Yes, the elliptical TV. I feel like my brain can't process this. Like, that's not right. I'm misunderstanding this. Especially because wow. you knew us growing up and we had a TV literally in every room, our dining room, our kitchen, our bedrooms, our living room, our family yeah. room. Exactly. Your bedrooms like <laughs> my, my mom has my mom has three TVs and lives alone. Yeah. Like she's got to have one in the bedroom. I, I never want a TV in my bedroom again. <laughs> um, based on like the experience of just it being uh, the bedroom feels holy in a way like it just feels mm. separate and distinct in a way that like other media can't get me. And if me and Megan want to watch a movie in bed. It's like bringing the iPad, bringing the laptop, something like that. Like when I was right after the vasectomy, I, t- I took the uh, iPad with me. And I just stayed in bed for like a week with the iPad. And that was great. Yeah. And it, it honestly felt even more special. It felt like I was breaking the rules because I could have an iPad <laughs> yeah. in my room. Right. There you go. Um, so that stuff feels it, it feels really good to me. Um, mm-hmm. And it just happened kind of as our families grew. Like we just <laughs> never saw the need. And each time that I've been like, oh, what if we put a TV in the playroom? I'm like, yeah. mm, but what if we didn't? Right. Like yeah. There's there's no like clamoring to do it. Like it's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing um, about the girls getting into video games is Megan has really taken off with video games this year. Nice. Where she's developing her own taste. She mm-hmm. has the video games that she likes. Uh, she got really into Fire Emblem this year and oh, yeah. played through Three Houses. And then I let her play my uh, 3DS, and she started playing through the older games on the 3DS like experiencing all of these things and watching her just get into kind of her own taste in video games. All right. So I'm just going to spoil what I'm getting her for Christmas right now. Do it. Oh, do it. Cause this is one of my favorite, 
favorite IRL moments as well. Uh, it all revolves around JRPGs. For my birthday, I sent Megan a link to a couple of the games I wanted. And one of them is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And I open up my birthday card uh, from the girls. And uh, it says Harper said that she got me. And then Megan wrote out Nintendo of America and an arrow and then everything else. Okay. And I'm like, what's that? <laughs> Cryptic. Yeah. She's like, well, it's, it's what you wrote on the list. I was like, what are you talking about? What does Nintendo of America arrow everything else mean? And she's like, it, it was on the link. And I looked down at the link. And sure enough, the way the link is written out is Nintendo of America is the, like, the website. And the genre is under everything oh. else. And then it says Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which is a game. <laughs> she just stopped reading it at some point. And I think this she is was too, just many, like, too many subcategories. <laughs> she was like writing it down while she was doing too many things and just was like, okay, so this is the name of it. Nintendo America, I'll just get it, get it right. Um, Wait, so she bought you everything? No, she bought no. me the right game. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Like, but she wrote like, down on the card I to tell me like, 67 games. Got it, um, okay. By the way, go pick it up at Best Buy. It's it's waiting sure, for you. Sure, 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 okay. She wrote down Nintendo of America, Arrow, everything else. Everything else. So, I, That's there's, incredible. There's, there's a new Fire Emblem coming out. It's coming out on January 20th. And Ooh. so I'm getting it for, for Christmas. Uh, nice. But of course, she can't have it yet. So I, I got her a card and I wrote down on it, you know, to, to my strategic wife, because it's a strategy <laughs> game. And I wrote Nintendo of America, Arrow, everything else, else. January 20th. And we'll Beautiful. see when she figures out what it is that I Yeah. Have. But I did pre-order it. It'll be waiting on January oh, nice. 20th at Best Buy. I love that. Our next award is the Thimbleweed Park Award for our favorite game of the year. I love that Thimbleweed Park is still the um, <laughs> the gold standard, the name of the award. Oh, right, it was for such sure. a good game. And yeah. uh, mine, yeah. I'm looking at this. I've got four on my list, and I'm going to try <laughs> and pick one. So I'm, I'm going to name all. I'm going to name the nominees real quick, and then the winner: Elden Ring, Echoes of the Eye. I just have in my notes. Wait, Hades was this year? Yeah. <laughs> Hades? I know. I realized I played it like when I was in Jan when I was in January. In January, when I was in Hawaii. I remember that. I played it constantly. I was like, yeah, that was this year. It's the first That's thing crazy. that I did this year, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, Inscription was one of my favorite games of the year. Hitman? Hitman 3. This year, I spent more time playing Hitman than any other game. Oh, wow. I unlocked everything. I was playing. <laughs> you did the, a lot of that in 2021 also. Well, I was playing the ongoing stuff this year. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. getting into like uh, contracts that are only this week. And if right, you right. miss, right, if you don't get that guy today, it's done. You get yeah. one shot at it and you get a special gun if you kill him today. But if you don't get it, you'll never get that gun. Did you do your like year in review PS5 thing? No. Oh, Open the yeah, app there's can... a year in review. I want to see how many hours you put into those. <laughs> I want to see that as well. And also, I... it's just P you know, PlayStation stuff. They have one for Switch also and for yeah. Yeah. one for Switch. I mean, I know what my top one is, but I want to see it. I thought so. Oh, oh, the Xbox was the other one. Maybe the other oh, one okay. Switch. I feel like <laughs> so, Nintendo would be on top of that. Okay, sorry. Okay. So my winner is going to be Echoes of the Eye. Um, as I looked through, just Echoes of the Eye kept coming up as an award yeah. over and over and over. And it's far enough away um, that I've kind of forgotten about it. And yet it really stands out. Um, especially, it's it's a horror game like Soma. Right. And yet I don't have anything to say about it. Like, I will never play this thing again. It's just, man, it was so good. It was yeah. so phenomenally good. Um, yeah. Ben, what about you? Mine is Inscription Man. I mean, like, maybe not immediately, but within the first five hours, 
I, oh no, it was that eight hour mark where I, where it became more than a card game where I was like, Oh, okay. This just went from really, really fun card game. Like this went from being Gwent. It's, it's like if Witcher three had started out as Gwent, download Gwent and play Gwent. And then as soon as you beat Gwent, <laughs> you become Geralt of Rivia and start just like this giant open world adventure That's very much what it felt like. So, but also tough to pick with like, I put 130 hours or whatever into, um, into Elden Ring. I think 120 into Hades and Outer Wilds was this year, or I guess the, the DLC was this year, just like a bunch of like my top 10 all-time games we ended up playing this year. So tough to pick, but I think Inscription is the one that takes the cake for me. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean. It's easy. It's an easy one. This is the most obvious of the year. It's yeah. clearly Death's Door, uh, which it's so funny when you say how many hours you put into things. And I said this on Joag this week, too, that, you know, Looking back when I got my like PlayStation, you know, year in review thing, I was like, oh, man, I played so much. And I think like I thought it was weeks that it equaled out to. But I think it was actually like something like six days was the amount of hours that it um, all equaled out to. And the thing that I played the most was Death's Door, which was like 93 hours or something like that. But for a game that is ostensibly an eight hour game (laughs) to play 93 hours of it just shows that I just played it over and over and over again. And I think I will continue to do that. It's just like I can put it on like almost like a background thing. Obviously, you're playing, so it's not background, but it's very like uh, that and Cult of the Lamb, which I have played uh, something like 60, 70 hours of as well. Wow. Yeah, like a ton of it. It's just like uh, I will put it on both of those games while like I listen to an audiobook um, because they're so familiar to me now that uh, I don't need to like read the dialogue and things like that that are going on. Like I just kind of basically speed run Death's Door every time I play it at this point, just get through the dialogue and keep going. Right. Um, but I do love the story and I love the characters and there's some jokes that I will still stop and like watch and like, oh, I just think that's really funny. And um, But it hit all the right spots for me, Death's Door, and it just instantly became just like an irreplaceable treasure to me. So... That's awesome. Yeah. Ben sent the uh, nin- Nintendo uh, Switch year in review link. And I just looked at mine. And it reminded me of a game that I, I haven't talked about yet. That uh, it really wasn't my favorite game of the year, but I, I kind of don't want to leave it out because I, I played it so much. Loop Hero. And this is a game I, I kind of mentioned to y'all when I was playing it. But Ben, now that you have really experienced Inscription and gotten really into it, I kind of think you'd like Loop Hero. It's, Loop Hero? Um, yeah. Imagine ins- Inscription, except all of the cards are auto-played and you spend all of your time creating the right deck. And then a different, you'll get different cards based on you know, what happens during that thing. But all of the actual battle itself is all auto-battle. You don't even see it. It just like... Oh, yeah. So it's very, very fast. It's, um, you know, you just go in this little loop around a little, little path each time. And every time you get back home and you're only going to do like, I don't know, four or five loops. Uh, not that many loops, it felt like, per game. And then you level up a little bit more. Um, it's got a decent story. It's fun. The only thing I think it really drops is it doesn't have the Hades postgame fun in terms of roguelike. But right. It's a really nice little um, roguelike auto battler that's clever and fun, has cool art. I found it really addictive. So that might be one you want to check out if it's on sale. <laughs> Corey, I don't think you'd like it. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, okay. it doesn't sound like it at all. <laughs> but I was looking at cool. my, my year end thing. Right. You like the battling. Yes, I like the battling. Mm. Exactly. That's the fun part. Like hitting shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, Ben really likes the strategy part of thinking yeah. about like, how do I build this deck? What do I do here? Yeah. And then at a certain point in the description, it, it becomes almost a moot point of playing the cards. It's like, I know what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. right? And I either have the deck to do it or I don't. And so, yeah, it's it's an interesting approach. Yeah, I also, I pulled up my uh, year-end switch thing too. And again, it's funny, like you said, Jason, how it was like kind of opened the door for gaming and things like that. And I felt like I played... Hades like just the amount of hours I put into it was like absurd for me I've never put this much time I think maybe Spirit Fair I put this much time into but it says and I don't know if this is just in January or if this is the whole year but it says 49 hours for it and that was like whoa that is like an insane amount of gameplay for me and then of course by the end of the year I'm playing 90 plus hours of Death Store and things like that you know so it was definitely a year of putting in a lot more time into games than I usually do. Love it. Uh, friends, do we have any game suggestions for the holiday break? What are you playing? Well, personally, listen, like I said, other than Death's Door, which I think everyone should be playing, uh, and Animal Crossing, which I fully plan on getting back to again, as I do constantly, it's called to the layout, man. I, it's just such like a a comfort game. You know, you can do like I said, you can listen to something else while you're listen to your podcasts, listen to a book, whatever, while you're playing it, it just kind of gets like wrote. I sometimes the other day I played um, Knuckle Bones in there for just like an hour. It's just That's like, awesome. yeah, I just feel like playing some Knuckle Bones for a little while. I had a great time doing that. It's just one of those games that like. You know, you never run out of things to farm or whatever in it. You can keep doing runs over and over. I'm still trying to get that last trophy in the game for uh, beating all of the bosses with um, without taking any damage. So I'm constantly doing entire runs God. going in. And then the second I get hit, <laughs> ah, shit, <laughs> it's Jeez, going back. Dude. And then I will have all of the trophies for Cult of Lamb. But it's just, you know, it's chill. You know, we all need something chill. It's awesome. What about you, Jay? Here's the games I'm playing over break. So my family's going to go uh, visit uh, the in-laws over break, and I'll stay in put. Uh, nice. First off, proud of myself on that one. <laughs> right? Good good job. Proud of you, Before too. Before I even had health excuses, I was just like, <laughs> not doing. I that. don't want to. <laughs> and maybe I was like, okay, then you don't have to. I was like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. That sounds nice. <laughs> so uh, I'll just be sitting alone for a week, playing video oh, games, nice. watching, watching bowl games, uh, the dream. On my list of games to play, I've got Disco Elysium, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which I'm now almost 40 hours into, which is, you know, just over halfway. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm excited about. And then recommendations from this year that I would just say get into if you haven't yet. I think I got to put Echoes of the Eye at the top of that one. If if you're a listener and this is a game that you've kind of been like, oh, they keep mentioning it, you know, go play the first one first. You will like it. I was going to say if you like it, but you, you'll like it as long as you can handle the controls, which are granted wonky and takes some getting <laughs> used to and are not for everyone. But Echoes of the Eye is a completely different game. I don't just mean like they made a full second game, which they did. I mean, it's a completely different approach to video games that they do. And yet it's still very much in the spirit of the first. And that's so freaking impressive. So, yeah, that'd be my recommendation yeah. is if, if you play one game over break, get the family together, let them watch you die a bunch in <laughs> Outer Wilds and then let them watch you die a bunch uh, and not laugh uh, when you play Echoes of the Eye uh, as they're all terrified together. Oh, excellent. Oh, my gosh. The, the Elks were the elks furious. Were furious. 
And I will be playing God of War. Ragnarok just came out. I will not be actually. Depends on how quickly I beat God of War. Because if I just beat God of War in the next week, I'm going to jump to Ragnarok too. But all the, the hype around Ragnarok is like, it's a masterpiece, 11 out of 10. It's the greatest game of all time. And I've, I've had God of War because it's a part of the PlayStation Plus package, whatever, when you get a PS5. And so decided to play that with, I was actually playing with Tyler and Nick is going to join us. We, we all started playing nice. last week or so. So excited to play that with them. And it's always, it's just fun to play games That's with true. other people, right? So it's almost like we have a podcast about that. <laughs> Go figure. And then, yeah, I just finished uh, Horizon for Forbidden West. And so Jason and I are going to be talking about that apparently in the next week or so. It's just a triple A break. And then going to Yay! Disneyland. Uh, we're doing uh, a trip uh, Christmas with the in-laws in uh, Shasta. And then the week after going to Disneyland, we're doing Southern California for a week. So three days in Disneyland and just kind of like bopping around SoCal and introducing the kids to kind of where I kind of <laughs> grew up, like age 18 right. to 24 so yeah it'll be fun i'm excited i'm excited for you for that thank you thank you all right oh so our last award i'm excited for ben thank you yeah I, i'm excited for me too i'm excited for how excited you are <laughs> but this is yes yeah, so this is our our oh, got ye got ye doing this again how come he keeps being the one to say this <laughs> game of the year our game of the year right. ever award, which isn't the best game, but it's, it's the game that best fits most accurately the year 2022 for us. And I'm going to go with right. Witchwood. It's got the really like cute animations, but also like really sophisticated, like beautiful art, uh, funny dialogue, a lot of dialogue, which yeah. most of our games have uh, a lot of puzzles, fetch quests. It, it's really just like fun throughout, but also can be a slog. Um, and we shared it with yeah. friends and loved ones. Thank you again, David Botlock. It was just a, a game I'd never heard of, but it was yeah, really fun to play. That's a good summary. Yeah, what word can't I pronounce? We've got Revan, we've got uh, Gautier. <laughs> what's, what's the one for me? I'm curious now. Uh, I'm not sure. I was going to we'll say the Lynn manual one, but no, I think Jay, that was No, don't take, don't take the bait. Don't take the bait, Corey. He's just saying that. to. to... No, you're going to jump in at some point. I'm, I'm oh. going to say, oh, no, I'm... I've been misled, and you'll be like, oh, that's technically misled. And I'll be like, oh, right. No, he's just, just be like, I don't pronounce anything wrong. You can't say anything. Um, <laughs> rebel assault, too, you always say. Yeah, rebel assault. Yeah. I yeah. picked, again, Cult of the Lamb. Uh, this time, because, okay, here's the thing about this year. Despite the fact that, let, let's be real, COVID is still here and worse in many ways than it's been and uh, all that stuff. Um, it's a, it's been a year of everyone trying to sort of get back to, to doing things, uh, you know, their routines, all of that kind of stuff that have been interrupted for the past several years. And Cult of the Lamb is about routine. You're going through, you're doing, you're taking care of your stuff. You got to do the same things over every single day, maintain your, your little group of people who are with you, whether that's your family or your cult. Uh, and, uh, then people die. Uh, as well. And it's the circle of life. And it is just a, a game in which, you know, you're experiencing the chaos of the the world around you and trying to control it as much as you possibly can as it happens. So Cult of the Lamb is uh, my 2022 game of the year ever. So, Jason, your Got Ye Award. <laughs> what do you got? Ye Award. Uh, Echoes of the Eye. Um <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, what? Oops, no, no, no. Is that not how you say hey, it? Hey, we're all friends now. Oh, oh, no. too. 
and why? Um, because the night is long and dark and full of terrors, and we are our own worst enemies. Mm. Um, sorry for a downer, but <laughs> those the Alks were furious, Ben. They were, dude. We were trying to Alks sneak around them in pitch black. Furious. God, that game. Uh, anyway, that's that's sometimes what our world feels like, and so um, there's also within that yeah, game true. so much joy and excitement and so it's the light is brighter because of the darkness i guess is the lesson of that game um yeah uh so games we're most looking forward to in 2022 i pluralize that because none of us are well behaved none of us can stick to one game perhaps myself worst of all here's my list we'll just jot it down for for posterity oh my god dude. final fantasy 16 fire emblem engaged Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Diablo 4, Starfield, maybe, Redfall, Baldur's Gate 3, Jedi Survivor, System Shock Remake. Just playing a bunch with my Steam Deck is is really my goal. I've got a Steam Deck. I want to play with it. It's it's exciting. And mostly I just wanted to say with that list, like, there's some stuff coming out. This is going to be a fun year. This is set up to be one of those years that people look back on in 10 years and are like, yeah, and then all the games came out in 2023. <laughs> It's a future year of the game. Yeah, year of the game. Exactly. Uh, I think we might be stepping into one, which is pretty exciting. And I, I hope it is. Uh, and then the last one is just a game I keep forgetting to mention that I think needs to be on our list, which is uh, Immortality. Uh, it already came out. It was up for game of the year. Uh, it's getting a lot of recognition, but I think it it connects really well with the three of us. Ooh. It is uh, the basic premise from what mm-hmm. I can grasp. Uh, I have not played it yet. Uh, your interaction is to scrub through a bunch of films. Three films, one from the 70s, one from the 80s, one from the 90s. Um, it is part of a retrospective looking at a particular actress's career. And one of the first things you will notice is that the actress appears to be the same age in all three films. Mm. Hence the title Immortality, I'm guessing. Right. Uh, and the interactions is as you scrub through, you can like click on a frame and be like, connect this to another frame. And if there's a candle in the background of that scene, then it connects you to movie two in which there's a candle in the background. And there's a cup of coffee in this one. It's like, oh, let's see the connection there. And now it's, oh, it's behind the scene, behind the scenes footage where that same actor was drink, drinking a cup of coffee. And slowly you start to make these linkages and solve a much larger mystery behind what's actually going on. It takes roughly six to ten hours to play. It feels really perfect for us and is available on lots of different things, including your iPhone. Ho, ho, ho. Remember when, remember when Blu-rays came out uh-huh. and they were like interactive yeah. Blu-rays were a thing yeah. where it was that? It was like, watch The Hobbit. And then it would be like, oh, I, I, I was going to say an elk. What are they called? An orc comes on screen and you like a little like eye thing yes. would pop up and or what are they called? Thumb, yep. Thumbnail or whatever. And it would, or a, yep. a tooltip would pop up and you like pause it and you click on the tooltip and it would give you like the Peter Jackson talking about orcs and bigatures or whatever. Yeah. Is that a thing or was that just like, this is cool for six months? We with- literally talked about this on Joag yesterday, like the like how there was such like a push for transmedia content for a while where it was yeah. like. Really yeah. like, oh, how can we use like your TV, yeah. your phone, your the console, whatever, and do all of this? And it does feel like it's fallen off a lot that Amazon is still yeah. pushing it. They so do. Amazon does X-Ray. Yeah. On X-ray, your, yeah. Uh, whatever movie you're watching. They, that, which I like, I like a lot. I think they do it really well. I, I like that it's yeah, not exactly. intrusive. It only happens when you pause. It tells you what actors are in it. And you like the, the who's in so this smart. scene. I, only in that so scene. Smart. I love that because that's when you're like, oh, it's episode eight of season three. Who is that person who? 
the place that I know I've seen them before. You know, like going to the 300th person on the IMDb right. page or whatever. And and listener, so if nice. you subscribe to Netflix, you already own the game Immortality on iOS and Android. There you go. Ooh. Way to bring it back. It is uh, Netflix bought the company and owns like basically the mobile rights to it. And through the Netflix app on your phone, you can download the game Immortality. From what I have seen, that's not the way to play this game. Uh, you don't want to play it on your phone. I don't ever want to play anything on my phone, so that's yeah. easy it, enough. <laughs> it's just very difficult to navigate. It's also on Game Pass. It's also on Xbox and PC. Damn it. Yeah. So there's all of that. Yeah. Uh, ben, what are you looking forward to in 2022? This list that's, says. 2022. I couldn't think thing. of anything. I'm bad at I'm bad at thinking of future things. So I just took the DLC for Elden Ring, which part of it came out like a month ago. I hope, and I, I bet a bunch more is going to come out. And then Cyberpunk 77, more DLC, oh. hopefully, I think, because I like those games and I want to play them again. I don't want to have a, a reason to play them again. And playing Cyberpunk on PS5, I did not do when it came out because I didn't have PS5 then. That's a good reason. So significant. It's been updated a lot. And yeah, it's actually I don't think you now. missed so anything. If there was like some nice DLC <laughs> for it. I'd, I'd be down to play to play Ray to replay the whole game uh, if there was some good DLC for it on uh, PS5. I'm up for replaying it as well, uh, especially around DLC. I did check it out the other day on my Steam Deck just to make sure it could run, and it did, and it looked pretty. And all the updates are there. And I was like, let's see if they fix the thing where cops just come out of nowhere. And so I just shot someone, <laughs> and there were eight cops standing behind me. And I was like, so okay, so that's still there. Uh, we'll work on cool. that. Neat, 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 cool. Neat. All right, Corey, what do you got? Um, I am looking forward to Hades 2, of course, uh, which was just announced last week, I guess. It looks um, exactly the same. And I think spring 2023 is when they're hoping to get, you know, uh, is it really that get soon? that out. And oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. So I am super excited for that, even though, I mean, I'm not like you. I didn't finish everything in Hades because, you know, I don't really care about stories, <laughs> but I still, you know, it's exciting to be able to delve back into it and feel like, oh, it's something, something new here, new bosses to beat, all this kind of stuff. So I'm stoked for Hades 2. Also just came across a game called Under the Waves that uh, is, it, so let me just say the, I'm not going to attempt to explain it in Corey words. What it's, uh, described as on its own website is a narrative-driven adventure game about the engulfing power of grief. Set in the depths of the North Sea in a techno-futuristic 1970s, professional diver Stan is struggling to overcome a life-changing loss and embrace a new future. The isolation of the deep sea is a fitting manifestation of his state of mind, and as Stan retreads further into his self-imposed solitude, he starts to experience strange events far beneath the waves. Stuck between life and death, Stan will have to make the most significant choice of his existence. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I love games about death and I love things that are underwater. Boom. Uh, and so I watched like the trailer for this and I was like, yeah, no, I, I either this is going to end up like Kentucky Route Zero and I'm going to be like, I'm bored or <laughs> it's going to be like, I'm just going to enjoy swimming around and seeing creepy things. Corey, so. I, I have uh, some bad news for you. Hmm. Um, I'm going to tell you now that the answer is neither of those things <laughs> because I know the other games that this company oh, has. Are made. They? Oh yeah. Uh, Detroit become human, uh, beyond two souls, heavy rain. Oh no. I'm sorry, Corey. Uh Oh, is this bad? I don't know anything about these. And you will now get to deal with what we get to deal with. Of man, Ben, wasn't that star Wars eclipse trailer. Good. Doesn't it look like uh, a really good, really game? good at trailer. And then you see at the very end, it says quantic dreams. 
and you're like, oh no. Oh no. Um, so Quantic Dream uh, is run by, let me get the guy's name oh, no. right. Oh, uh, yeah, David Cage. Cage. Um, uh-huh. It is a, a French company. It is uh, really interesting high concepts right. that almost always miss. Uh, Detroit <laughs> Become Human was like, what if, what if we use androids as a metaphor for racism? It's like, uh oh, okay, uh-huh. that could go, that could right. go well, yeah, or it could, it could go very badly. It could yeah. not. Cool concept. It kind of depends on what you do with that, yeah. though. Man, did they not do well with it? Man, did they make Stop. something super racist? I don't trust the French to deal with racism. No. To be also, honest with you, it's none of their games have been particularly fun to play. Uh, they all have yeah. a message they want to say. Right. They always miss the message in like a <laughs> yeah. real tough way. That they're like, hey, here's this progressive thing that we want to say about, uh, you know, gender and sexuality. Right. It's super homophobic, but <laughs> it also seems progressive at first blush. Right. Like, oh, also, it's David Cage is a serial abuser and <gasps> horrible human being. Oh, so I'm not even going to like attempt to play. I was like, all right, well, I'm willing to like, you know, look past that it's terrible and, and yeah, try it and enjoy that it's terrible. Yeah. But no, when no. they tell you that this game is like game of the year, they finally did it. Then you can look over your scruples and be like, you know what? <laughs> That's maybe, fine. Maybe I got it illegally. Yeah. Maybe I'll pirate it. Uh, you right, know, we'll, yeah. we'll see what we do. But but I think you will be with us in our same approach of Star Wars Eclipse where, wow, that game looks cool. Yeah. It's not going to be. <laughs> yeah. All right. But I Corey, will, that yeah. pitch you gave yeah. sounded so freaking yeah, cool. Yeah, I was right? so in. And I just saw yeah, in the URL that great. it said Quantic Dream at the top no. and just went, oh, no. man. They're going to fuck it oh, up. Oh, yeah. Don't right. know how they're going to make it racist, but they will. <laughs> they're French. I mean. Uh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I guess just 80s, too. 80s, dude, yeah. I'm looking forward That's to. That's it. Cool. Cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, we will be opening up our holiday soapboxes and then standing mm. on them and preaching to everyone so everyone can just mute the or just fast forward 10 minutes so we get rid of this if you want to. Um, Corey, did you have one? Uh, go through yours and I, I will think on this. Uh, Jay, well, you go for yours. Yeah. Yeah. My soapbox is don't take your health for granted. Mm. Uh, you never know when it'll disappear, um, but you can know for sure that it will. Uh, because the one of the few guarantees we have in life is that our bodies are falling apart slowly yeah. or quickly. Yeah. yeah right. But also um, don't put off that checkup. Uh, advocate yourself until you get yep. answers. Uh, this has been a four month journey for me until I found out that it was a hernia uh, that started with a vasectomy, a pretty routine procedure. Um, I don't think let me be really clear. I don't think the vasectomy caused the hernia. It's just a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that I was asking about, like, why does my vasectomy pain hurt so badly? Right. Um, you know, why is this still going on? And so advocate for yourself, keep after it until you get answers. If you're in pain, you need that. Uh, and have a team of doctors who listen to you. Uh, if doctors don't listen to you, get, there's new doctors, right? Mm -hmm. Hit the bricks. It's our, it's our slogan. Just do it. And then, uh, I, I say this last part as, as a solemn oath, perhaps as a threat, uh, this year we will play a JRPG. (laughs) This is the year it happens. Is Disco Elysium a JRPG? It is not. What? Okay, I'm confused. That's fine. All right, we'll we'll make it work. What about you, Benjamin? What's your soapbox? Uh, similar. Mine's kind of uh, like self-assured, motivational, just like Jason's, but mine's a little more specific, which is when your friends and family sit down and tell you to change everything about your podcast, don't listen to them because you know best. You're the yeah. author of your own life novel. Uh, you're the hero in your journey, Joseph Campbell. Uh, you know best. Don't trust other people, especially if they know you really, really well. They're trying to speak truth into your life. Uh, you do you. Yeah. 
It's a very Ben soapbox yeah. right there. Yes. Just Sweet. sarcastic. Sweet. But also <laughs> entirely true. Yes. Not not ironic sarcasm. Yeah. No. Like a little over the top, but mm. like take it down 10% and it's just honest. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Corey, what about you? Um, my, my soapbox for the year, I think also kind of builds off of, of Jason's here, but yeah, you know, it's like I said, we are still in the midst of a terrible pandemic that's going on right now. Um, and it's, we're in a tridemic right now with RSV and the flu and COVID all at once. Hospitals are overwhelmed. People are dying. All of this kind of stuff. Listen, dear friends, Take care of yourselves and take care of each other because we have to mm-hmm. share this planet with one another. And so, you know, wear your masks, get your vaccinations, all of that kind of stuff. It is not going to ruin your life to be a little bit smart about trying not to get yourself killed or others. You know, like RSV kills kids. Kids are dying all over the place because of this stuff. So, like, Take care of each other and act like we are in this together. That's what I want for 2023 is for people to start acting like we are on this planet, sharing it with each other, in it together. And I trust men of low moral fiber listeners to be the kinds of people who look out for one another. Amen. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Love it. Uh, and now, after that, like very positive and motivational speech, <laughs> uh, enjoy the the strangest and funniest and most irreverent times <laughs> in this fun little blooper reel. Dumbest uh, shit we've said this year. Exactly. Feel like I'm always overrepresented in this. My uh, edible just hit hard, so I'm gonna have to cut out. Um, I am sorry. I might be back later, but I have to be gone now. I love you. You got it, buddy. Do it, man. <laughs> she naked. Yeah. <laughs> In a non-sexual way. When you think of whales, what do you think of? Blowholes. And oh, there's a dog. Ah, puppy! I love the rhythm of the twin fists. You went to Disneyland for a week? I can't tell you, like, how nervous I was stacking those bodies. It'll be like, pop, pop, whap, pop, pop, whap. Oh, grinded ground. I ground so hard. What? I grinded so much at the end of my first playthrough. Yeah. <laughs> In a non-sexual way. Hit the bricks. Let me tell you about my favorite boobs. What's your build? <laughs> but it's a really good one, and I like it a lot, and most people like it, so, like, shut up. Who cares? You know what? Try Welsh. You might have a good time with it. You should be uh, on the tourism council. I should. Try Welsh. Yeah, I really should. You might have a good time with it. Yeah, you, you might have a good time with it. Let me tell you. <laughs> Can I spoil it completely for you? Tell you why it's the greatest gaming thing that you've never experienced? Sure. Imagine if... Right, that kind of vibe. Mm. But it did it to you after beating... Like, it just started, like, uh, deleting the concept of what... And breaking it down to, like, like skeletons and things like that. And you enter... That's cool. It's pretty wild. I'm going to bed. I hate you all. So we figured out that you got to do three summer more. That way you got two people talking while one person's concentrating. I just can never get enough things. <laughs> um, America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, this, I'm feeling very anti-capitalist, obviously. Yeah. yeah, let's get into spoilers now. Can you drop 
your spoiler song here, the one you just recorded, the brand new spoiler song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got, I, I, it's fresh off the press. I got it. Not just the normal one. Is this a, something. is this a twin sun side project? Yeah, 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 yeah. And now we are, I have emerged from my chrysalis, a, a beautiful butterfly, except I like caterpillars better. I have gone back into my chrysalis and all my goo has formed a new caterpillar. Gross. Anyway, I never mastered the blaster. You gonna really tell everyone that? Yeah. I knew there was something about the thing that I love that you wouldn't like, and it's the fact that it exists in that medium. We'll just chill in our hoodies and drink our hot cocoa and fluff. Wow. Okay. We'll just we'll make our hot cocoa and we'll just sit there and fluff. And it's a pleasurable thing that we do. Oh my God. <laughs> All of those things. Like this is pure Christmas episode stuff that you're saying and you're not even realizing it. <laughs> this is just amazing. Okay. I, I, I get no respect on this podcast. None. Tis oh, the man. season for Udi and Fluff. We'll sit there and fluff, you know? That's not what I said. It's, it is. It, it, you said something like that. I'll roll it back. Are we recording? Is anyone recording this? I think you said exactly that. Yeah, you, you're gonna sit there and fluff. <laughs> I think you said we we fluff each other's brains out. Yeah, is what I, I think heard. That's what you said. And you said sometimes you record it on your PS5 and you listen back to it because you like the sounds that you make. I thought it was inappropriate. I can barely walk from all the fluffing. Is what I said. And you sound like a little <laughs> getting fucked. Is I think what no, no, even no. Izzy's freaking out. No, no. Anyway, you discovered a lost civilization that's been there for thousands of years. None of them are there anymore, but you can watch some of their cool little uh, video diaries they do, their little TikToks. So I love an orchetti, I love a macaroni, I love a fascismo. Fascism. A little fascismo, you know? Mm, delicious. Mm. I'm a phone now. Corey, why don't you talk for a little bit? I'll ignore you and I'll think about the other stuff. That's great. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'll just talk into the void. I appreciate the honesty. It's just like grinding, grinding, fetch quest, grinding, fetch quest all the time. It's about to get controversial. Yeah, there's much more bodily fluid in this game than one would really expect. Yeah. That's for sure. But it's really cute. A lot of poop, a lot of vomit. Really cute. I might be built different and that might not be great. <laughs> just a lot of self-reflection going on here. Yeah. I got this new fancy kettle and it's like got all these, like you can pick the temperature yeah, it gets to and all that. We're gonna make fun of Jason for bringing up Elden Ring too much, game of the year. But every episode, every episode, <laughs> 10 minutes on Corey's kettle. Wow. I'm just saying. Corey's kettle corner. <laughs> I edited it out though, so David hasn't heard this. It's true, he hasn't heard it. I haven't heard yeah. anything about the kettle. I have heard about the peppermint tea. <laughs> What game is Westy 12? I had a lot of tough time. A lot of tough time. I had a wow. tough time. Big tough time? Big tough time. I just remembered that I took a gummy half an hour ago. Oh, no. If you would like to save a puppy, give us a dollar. You can, and then go save a puppy. Uh, <laughs> that's always. Unrelated things. Totally. First, give us <laughs> Every a time somebody doesn't give us a dollar, we kill a puppy. Oh, oh yeah. my God. That's the month guarantee. Oh <laughs> Got that truckload of puppies coming in tomorrow. <laughs> Ask yourself right now, are you giving me a dollar? This <laughs> is not making the podcast. You're basically killing a puppy. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> uh, thank you, you have so too much, much for power. Uh, Only you can prevent us from killing more. <laughs> well, eventually, you get to a, a real big one, and that's the wow. And it looks even more anal than the other ones. Yeah. And you go, like, up to the elbow this time. Like, you are committed, and you don't bring it all back. <laughs> Oh. And then there's other things that just sort of like bug me about it, like that you don't have to hit enter one, to Corey. enter rooms. 
but I'm very intentional uh, that I use that. One other thing that Hollow Knight picks up on is it never tells you the lore. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have lore. There was once a bug civilization. You will fight the Hollow Knight himself. Enter their dreams right before killing them. And fight the Radiance as well. The Radiance, of course, was devoured by the Void. Have you what it takes? Then take up your nail. And come meet some fun friends along the way. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to kill the mushrooms. He just lets out this incredible, like, ah, ah, <laughs> you know, like Or if I was, it was because I'd learned something and done the right combos or whatever with the sigils and the totems to, to get to being OP, right? Like I'd right. earned that OP-ness. Dang it. <laughs> OP-ness. <laughs> Corey, once again, you reminded me of Bare Naked Ladies. Um, I had a nickel for every time. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> and I have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's still weird. It's weird. Ah, scary. Big guy on a horse. It's like regular sized horse. Big giant zombie dude. Ah! Right? It's ah, the proportions. The proportions. It's weird. But also, she's on fire. That's not great. And my four year old's been singing it nonstop. So that's also just been constantly in my head. That's my nightmare. We need to raise up the children in the ways that they should grow mm, and teach them. It's true. Teach them of the gospel of happy tree friends. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a monkey island. If I had a monkey island. Oh, man. Well, I know what my song is now. Thank you, Corey. So I watched a lot of videos. I bet. What a shocking development. <laughs> I have been Ben. I will be Jason. I'm so excited for Ben. For Ben? bed oh okay i'm so She's excited so for ben and just like everything he has going on in his life right now you know oh man i'm so excited for ben i'm bordered with irresponsible addiction with <laughs> inscription oh wow that's amazing that's hard to say you don't have to hit a button to get into doors i hadn't touched it in like six months so it feels good to be back fantastic yeah more benches more, more benches, benches. Oh, i don't get the big deal about zelda Oh, sorry, my alarm went off. I need to take the ice off my balls. Ben, you can cut this or, or not, whatever you want. Yeah, I'm cutting it, don't worry. Yeah, you, you, you deal. You coward. Unlike your urologist, I'm cutting this. Hey, oh, hey, he mostly cut it. Anyway. Yeah, fair. <laughs> so we are, we here at Mom for Marm for Leonardo There's things that insect me about this game. <laughs> oh, what? Did I make a pun? But, like, I'm also the pre producer. You gotta so pick so where in the hierarchy can I, you like. Can I be a pump? Oh. I love it. I, I want to be, be a pump. I like that. I like that. Pump. The only pump there is. I was gonna say, we need to have Dave design those things for us, because uh, that's much better than what we came up with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also, because he's the producer, I mean, that, that is his job. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah. Sorry. yeah. Yeah, assign me whatever you need me to. Mm, like a Japanese ramen joint. Wait, there's someone named Leshy in this game? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the main character of the game. There's only one character for the first, like, ten hours. 
Get them glims. Buckets? It's absolutely dead. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. it goes straight into it. The balls pop out of my mouth. Balls in my mouth. Like, why yeah. would you say that? Why would that be a line yeah. that you would write? Yeah. yeah. Okay, sure. He could say balls pop out of my mouth and no, we're actually, all good. No, you're the one who just said it. You're the one who said it. I said Fuck it. Me. And that's why it won't go in. See, there's another. <laughs> Jeez, right there. Corey. Right there. Can we use the word fluff, please? Wow. <laughs> what did I miss in terms of strategy? And then I want to take a shot at lore. Do it in the dark with the lights off. <laughs> That's right. Don't make a lot of noise. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let mom hear. Got it. Got it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. I'm so confused now that I I've know. been playing different systems. Yeah. Yeah. Something, um, nothing to hit a button. A button. You don't have to hit a button to get into doors. I wonder if his stupidity protects him. Right? Protects me. I know that. Yeah. My husband said it may be his favorite game he's ever played. So. Corey's got a type. <laughs> <laughs> and so. <clears throat> we had a good. Uh, oh wow! <clears throat> Doing good. Uh, we had a good we combo about that. Oh, we, we wait until he coughs again, and we do it again, Corey. We are committed to this. Am I someone's dad? That was, Thank you that for was, that. A, that was a blast. <laughs> Write me more scripts. You ever played one of these before? Uh, and no month pod would be complete. Which, by the way, that's the um, that's what you call a group of month. A collection of month is a pod. A month pod. <sighs> okay, you know I'm never gonna start with ketchup on anything because I am a respectable New Englander. Have I ever told you about the game Elden Ring? So her husband is. Do you know who Danny Bonaduce is? I do. Yeah. It's Danny Bonaduce, and he's like very. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Danny Bonaduce's assistant. Did you just say her husband is Danny Bonaduce? Her husband is Danny Bonaduce. Yes. What? Nothing good has ever happened after the phrase. This. It's not gaslighting because it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gaslighting if you tell someone you're doing it. Wow. Okay. I don't know how how long or how much I'm going to cut out from this intro, but we're currently... That's a huge. That's a huge. It's a huge. That's a huge. It's my time. It's my time to shine. Um, Up there, it's their time. But down, down here, here, down here, it's our time. <clears throat> this was my wish, and I'm taking them back. So I'm taking it back. I'm taking them all back. This is my Everybody, Atari's. Hey, Corey, I'm sorry. You're. It's late. You, you, you go now. It's your. Choice. Jason's talking about the Goonies. I'm talking about Atari's. Anyway, we're. He's older. Um, Corey. <laughs> a month-long road trip. Oh wait, did, did we totally do that? Totally wrong. We completely did. Yeah, that's okay. But that's fine. It's, it's a weird episode. It's a yeah. It's a rambly weird episode. Sweet. So it's totally pirates. Fine. And I pirate sometimes. Quotes, Jay. And then I say a quote here. <laughs> I won a 3DS on Geeks Who Drink when nice. I was on that yeah. show. Do you have it? Can I have it? But I wanna Ooh. wanna ask a couple things, and as we go around, I can start because it might take can me a we, second to think can about. Can we talk about what the game is about first? No. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll go fuck myself then. <laughs> Save it for only John's. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is amazing. Bye. Fuck off, Ben. <laughs> Thank you.
Thanks again for listening this year. Uh, we've had a great year. Uh, and let us know. We'd love feedback. You know, if you want uh, less episodes, let us know. You know, if you want to hear from us less. If you want the podcast to just like uh, shut the doors and never happen again. <laughs> we are happy to oblige. We just want to hear from our fans or our haters too. Yeah, sure. Um, if you want us to okay, do Elon, <laughs> if you want us to vote at this poll below. If you want us to step down as CEO, I will abide by the vote unless I don't want to. We'll abide by it <laughs> only if you pay us on Patreon. <laughs> then we will exactly. pay attention to your vote. Exactly. Uh, no, if you have sp- uh, specific games, feel free to send them our way. Uh, Malfpod at gmail dot com, where you can. Uh, Twitter or tweets at, oh God, is there Twitter in January or February? Who knows? I know. No. Who knows? For now, it's I'm on Hive. Mold find me there. <laughs> uh, oh, maybe we'll have to start Hives and all these other things. Anyway, Jason hates Hive. <laughs> but yeah, if you have other side quests you want to see, if you want to come on the podcast and talk about an awesome game that you think uh, it relates somehow to these old LucasArts games or, or really anything that we play, let us know. And then we just decided. You really want to extend that? What? Mark will do this too. It's like, eh, if you want to come on the cast, talk about something. I'm like, no, don't say that. We can always say no, but like, let us know if you want to come on. It'll just make us <laughs> feel right, good. Well, that's we on have, you. I'm not 300 tweets. You've got us. an idea for a good guest. Reach out to us and them. <laughs> there you go. Not like that. If you think that person's you, let us be the judge of that. <laughs> Disco Elysium is our February again. The first Friday in February. Triple F. Disco Elysium. Jason has something to say. Quick pause. Looked it up. Disco Elysium is a 20-hour game. Okay. Cool. All right. That's so good. It's not horrific. 35-hour game. Oh. Right. <laughs> and, also, and what's the takeaway, though, from Jason? We don't have to finish games. You can be done, right? That's right. And Hit the bricks. Hit the bricks. It can be It can be a longer game if you want it to be. So oh, I'm, cool. I'm going to put kind of two options forward. Okay. One is we play a shorter game now, like Immortality, and do that as our February game, and do Disco Elysium as our March game, giving us more time to play it. Uh, or at the very least, please start Disco Elysium in the next week. <laughs> it's not on sale for me. It's not fair. Oh, yeah. It's been, I, I, I've recommended it for over two years now. You've had a few opportunities when it was on sale. I just want to point that out. But yeah, wait till the week after Christmas. There may, it may be on <laughs> yeah, sale uh, for, for Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ben, it's now fully voiced. Uh, you don't oh. have to read. Corey, you can turn off the voices. Um, <laughs> I will say Horizon Forbidden West was fully voiced, but... That was still the worst part of the game. <laughs> yeah. talking, um, talking, 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 talking. The this is a game that originally started out as a novel. Oh, cool! And became something else. Um, so experience it. I'll I'll give you kind of a, a a the opening. You are you wake up on the floor of a hotel room. You're clearly hungover or something. You've got some kind of temporary amnesia, and one of the first quests you have is your tie is on a fan. A ceiling fan hanging from a ceiling fan spinning around ahead of you, uh, above you. And depending on how you built your character, there is the possibility that you will fail that in such a way that you could die. This is not a difficult game that wants to kill you. But this is a game where if you set yourself up to be like just the biggest klutz of all time, but you're like the mastermind behind everything, because that's where you spend all your points. You could just die trying to get the tie. So just like just be like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just tell somebody else to do it. I'll persuade them instantly because I'm brilliant and they'll get me the tie. Perfect. Well, now you've already told us how to beat the puzzle. I'll forget. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there's (laughs) there's so many ways to solve every puzzle. Uh, The biggest puzzle is what kind of person are you? Um, Mm. So I figured out, uh, you know, you figure out pretty early on you're a cop. Uh, You can go hard uh, fashy cop, right? You can be racist. Oh, shoot. Um, Oh, no. Yeah. Um, it's and it does that in a good way. 
in that <laughs> it's yeah it's i know, I know, I know racism gets a bad rap you guys don't like racism <laughs> but let me tell you no, about play, this new kind play the racist run right see if you like it uh <laughs> oh i have been yeah basically for the most part you'll be like I don't like doing this. I don't want to be this person, uh, which is the message of it, without using any racial slurs, without using anything, because it's actually in a different world than ours. A, you know, racism exists to some extent. You can absolutely be a communist or a socialist or a collectivist. There's going to be variation among that. But the kind of cop I found out that I was, because I was a very careful player, was I'm the sorry cop. I just say sorry all the time. Good cop, bad cop, sorry cop. <laughs> and, and, and I feel real apologetic about everything, and I want to do whatever you want me to do, game. And it was the game's nice little way of pushing back and being like, take some risks, man. Do something. Stop trying to do, like, middle of the road. Like, ah, uh, I got to get everybody to agree. Let's, ah, uh, these people want this, these people want this, and I'm just saying sorry to both of them. It's like, I figured out what kind of cop I am. I think I'm a sorry cop. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, no. I lost the game. Let's restart. Amazing. I'm excited to find out what kind of cop I am. Yeah. I think I know what kind of cop I am. <laughs> yeah, you don't, You also don't have to play the racist route. That will be a choice that you will make. It won't be like, oh, no, I've accidentally been playing super racist. Like, right. You, you'll know what kind of person you want to be. You choose to be that person. See if you like playing that way. That's nice, because we've definitely played games where it's like, here are the three options. Pick one, and you pick it, and it's like, all right, I guess we're going to kill yeah, the kid. You and you're like, oh, yeah. I just want to whatever. So it's nice that you're in the choices you're presented with are intentional and you get to know the outcomes kind of thing, or at least the, the rationale for what you're doing. Yeah. It's, it's like a D and D except if the characters of your party were all the different stats themselves, right? So your intelligence and your strength are going to get in a fight and talk, try to talk to you about which one you should do. Should you try the strong approach or the intelligent approach? And they'll be fully voiced. Uh, Cause most of the game is happening inside your head as you're deciding what actions you want to do. That sounds confusing. It's super fun and hilarious. We'll just play it. Yeah, just play it. Yeah, let's play. <laughs> you know, sure we we'll should understand. play it. We should play it for the, our next game. Perfect. <laughs> so we doing it for February. Yeah, right, I think cool. so. Core. Yeah, sure. To me, I'm just, I'd rather play one game at a time, and I'm like, now I have two months to play this game. Let's do it. Cool. Yeah, it's still gonna get pushed aside. Yeah. Do not push this game back. <laughs> you start it. It I... will be very dissatisfying. All right. I'm just letting you know. Sweet. Uh, check out our Patreon, just as uh, David Balakas. You know, we should thank our patrons real quick. Can I do that real quick? Please do. do it. Uh, I got it right here. Thank you so much to Andrea Lencioni, Noel Kirkpatrick, David Botluck, Brent Peterson, Michael Conrad, The Deuce, Dominic Lang, Nick Gates. That's the end of my list. I'm good at reading lists. <laughs> New Year's resolution. Let's expand that list. Oh, Dear I listener, you can do that. John Gallagher, I'm talking to you. For you text me after our podcast and say great podcast how about, how about throwing us a buck how about, how about instead of throwing me a text throw me a buck as mark would say do the right thing do the right thing do for as little right as a dollar thing. a month you can be on that list <laughs> my my children are starving they don't have wow. shoes for as little as five dollars a month you can get this podcast a week early every single month Ooh, and brag to wow. all your friends wow you can even pirate it out and send the link to friends because it's just a dropbox hey, link the link that i send out you could undermine our entire organization that we have here for just five bucks a month. But just five bucks a month. It's great. It's great. Uh, yeah. So check us out there. I think that's it. As always, <laughs> I've been Ben. I will be Jason. I'm still standing. And I am a mighty pirate. <laughs> and Corey says something awkward. Nailed it. Perfect. Nailed no. It. What? <laughs> I already did. I already did awkward. That's, Hold on. Yeah, that's fine. It's in the script. That's cool. <laughs> She's a writer, not a reader. And I need to be gone now. I love you.
Goodbye. Is that from something, or is that just because you want to go? It's from it's, me that's having from a panic Jason attack. Nels. Oh, yeah. I need to be gone now. I love you. <laughs> Goodbye. I believe is what I, I said. Forgot about that. We'll see if I get it right. Amazing. Amazing.